All right. Well, let's turn the Word of God to Ephesians chapter 4. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4. And we'll read verses 11 through 16, Ephesians chapter 4. And we'll read verses 11 through 16. Say this in the Word of God. Ephesians 4.11 And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Let's pray. Father, again, Lord, thank you for being so good and merciful and gracious. Lord, you're altogether lovely. Lord, you're fair 10,000, and Lord, you doeth all things well. Lord, whatever's uh, going on in our life, Lord, I'm glad uh, we can trust you and we can rest in your faithfulness. So we thank you for that uh, good testimony tonight uh, by Sister Lisa. And Lord, we're glad uh, that she's okay and you brought them home safely. And uh, be with the team as they finish up uh, as well. Or we think of others that are upon our heart tonight, Lord. Uh, again, the Adam Kowski family, uh, Lavender and uh, his family. Or we think of uh, Tasha and, Lord, many others with uh, physical need tonight. Lord, we trust you with these things, Lord. Uh, Lord, we don't want to waver. We don't want to doubt. And, Lord, for whatever reason uh, you allow these things, God, we're not going to question you. Uh, but, God, we just want to keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and finish of our faith, dear God, and just uh, lean upon you. And when necessary, God, just to fall, uh, dear God, into your hands, dear Lord, knowing that you'll hold us up. Lord, that we sang tonight, we have that anchor of the soul, uh, dear God, to keep us steady. So let us, Lord, uh, just uh, continue to march forward, Lord, with your will for our lives. Now, again, uh, help each one. Lord, we think of those that <laughs> couldn't be here tonight. We think of Sister Sherry right now. We think of uh, Sister Judy and uh, others that aren't here because of a sickness. Lord, we think of... Uh, Sharon and Eric that are traveling and others uh, be with them as well. And again, Lord, help us through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, we, uh, of course, uh, uh, just take a moment to think about Jesus and all that, he, uh, uh, all that he is and how wonderful he is and how lovely he is. And uh, just, of course, we can just uh, uh, spend the rest of the night just bragging on him. Amen. Well, that's a good thing to do, brag on Jesus. But uh, here's the amazing and wonderful thing that uh, God has saved you. Amen. If you're saved and uh, he loves you so much, he loves you so much that he not only saves you through Jesus, he wants you to be like him. Amen. And wants to make you like him. Boy, that is a wonderful thing. And of course, as we think about the church, 
the measure of the church, amen, is its likeness to Jesus Christ. And uh, as we uh, look at uh, uh, these verses and uh, talk about the church here in these verses, Ephesians 4, and we, we come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, uh, which is His goal. We no longer act childishly, as it says in these verses, right? And will not be blown around with just every wind of doctrine. But in order to accomplish this, God's goal in the local assembly, right? As the Bible says here, He gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Now think about this. We just finished up uh, VBS, and we, of course, we had that construction theme, right? He's still working on me to make me what I really ought to be. I said, man, I must be a hard case after 35 years. He's like, man, is this guy ever going to get it, huh? Well, <laughs> I'm glad he didn't give up. Hey, man, aren't you glad he didn't give up on you? But in these verses show how God wants to work in us and his goal in working in us, right? And uh, so we see in verse 11, he says he gave these uh, gifts uh, to the church. And so we see why he gave these gifts. And so uh, let's uh, look at these uh, uh, thoughts. Look at these thoughts here on why he gave. Again, <coughs> look at verse 12. He says, he, verse 11 again, he says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. And why did he do that? Well, he tells us right there in verse 12. It says, for the perfecting of the saints. That's, uh, that's one reason. That word perfecting means to make full, ready, and complete. Amen? That's what he wants to do in your life. He wants you to be fully ready, amen, uh, to serve him. He wants to make you uh, complete. The Lord gave these gifts to the church for the perfecting of the saints, right? Uh, to help us grow and to help us mature. We know we start off as uh, 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 babies, but if you've been safe for some time, hopefully uh, you're moving on and you're growing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this perfecting is becoming complete in Christ. And so he talks about that as he goes through here. So we see one, well, you can just check these off. Why? Well, you can write down in your notes, why did what, God save me? Well, one, Amen. He wants you to be like Jesus, so he's working on you, and he's trying to perfect you. He's trying to get those get those weeds out of there, right? Some people are, you know, they like a nice, uh, not like a nice yard. Brother Mark likes a nice yard. He said to me one day, he says, you know how you are about coffee, right? He said, well, that's how I am about my yard, right? Well, I'm not uh, quite that way about uh, my uh, yard, but I like I like a nice yard, and so you know, been working on that. Matter of fact, I, uh, I mowed it yesterday when I got home. I I'm like, man, all right, it's starting to look better, and I'm I'm happy about that. You know, everybody say, oh, you go out and you pull out another weed, and you pull this and that, and just little by little, it begins to get better. And that's what uh, uh, God uh, uh, does in our life. He looks down, he says, oh man, oh, oh there's another weed growing. You got to come. Uh, uh, pull that out, right, and uh, throw some things in there and uh, take care of that. And so he does that because he wants to perfect us. And it says the perfecting of the saints. Right? I was telling a few people, I said, hey, you want to, uh, you know, you want to, if you get a chance, you know, uh, you hear the way everybody's talking out there, say, hey, listen, hey, uh, I, I can say like some of those other people out there, I don't identify with what I was born as, amen? I don't identify with what I was born as. I was born a sinner, so, hey, I can get one of the places to give a testament. Well, I want you to know I don't identify with what I was born as. I was born a sinner, but now I identify as a saint. Amen. 
And uh, so we're saints. Thank God for that. We don't have to wait to be canonized or wait till somebody prove that we did this or that. Hey, if I had to prove I'd done something, listen, I can't prove I did anything. He did it all. Amen. He did it all. So we're the perfecting of the saints. But notice it says next for the work of the ministry. And as we keep emphasizing, we have a job to do. What does that word work mean? It means something that needs to be done. We've been going through Ezra, and what do we see? There's a work to be done, right? We need to be about, what did she say? No, you're not, that I must be about my father's business. There's work to do. And so we need to realize as he works on the church, well, if he's working on the church, then he's working on you. Because again, a church is a people put together by God, not a building put together by man. So your life, think about this, your your life is part of the work of the ministry, if God is doing a work of the ministry, well, that's you. What he's doing in your life is the work of the ministry. What he's doing through your life is the work of the ministry. So when he says he gave, uh, he gave all these for the work of the ministry, that's what he's talking about, what he's doing, it desires to do in your life and through your life. You see, not just what happens in these four walls is the work of the ministry. A lot of times we think, oh, what's going on? Uh, down at the church. That's the work of the ministry. No, your life is the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry, again, is what's going on inside you as he's trying to perfect you. That's the work of the ministry. And what God is doing through you, that's the work of the ministry. When you go out and you live a good testimony before those you work around, when you go out and live a good testimony before the, the kids who you go to school with or who you're at work with and all those things, amen, that's part. Of, that's just as much part of the work of the ministry as meeting here today, right? What you do out there, what you do outside these uh, four walls. And so as the saints are perfected, they do the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry, again, grows out of our lives. The work of the ministry cannot be confined to just the uh, the local uh, church house, the work of the ministry should be done every day we live. What do we do when we go out that door? We're doing the work of the ministry. We're doing what God desires us to do. And that's why he gave us uh, these gifts so that we can, uh, uh, to prepare us, right? To prepare us and transform us, right? The, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, well, we don't have the apostles anymore, but uh, the, the evangelists and the pastors and, and teachers, they're like the drill sergeant of the Lord's army, right? And uh, they're there uh, to make you different. Aren't you glad we don't act like drill sergeant? I guess some preachers might act like uh, <laughs> drill sergeant. <laughs> uh, listen here, soldier. you want to ever see your mom again? Amen, you better get right with God, right? Preach that way. I don't know if you remember how your drill sergeant... Your uh, drill sergeants, uh, they, were, they didn't smile too much. Uh, we try, at least we try to smile some. But it says, for the perfecting of the saints, the work of the ministry, and what else? For the edifying of the body of Christ. That word edify means to build up to, for spiritual profit or advancement. See, everything is this, that God wants to pour a lot of things into you. And that's why he gave you anything he can do, amen, to equip you right? What he's doing, he's trying to equip you for what he wants to do and, amen, and use you in his ministry. Edifying again means to build up. The edifying of the body of Christ naturally follows the work of the ministry, right? That was the job of basic training, right? They brought you in there to break you down and then build you back up. So when you left there, amen, you were a soldier or a Marine, right? Or an airman or what? 
Navy back there, whatever you were, uh, depending on that. And that's what we're supposed to do. You, you can't believe me. When, when, I, when I went back home after that 13 weeks of basic training, I was different, right? I never wanted to smile. I, I thought I'd never smile again. I did. My, my foster family, I might have told you this, they, they wanted to take family pictures and they could not get me to smile. They kept saying, Jeff, smile. I said, soldiers don't smile. I, went, I wouldn't smile for nothing uh, uh, in, the, in those pictures. I said, soldiers don't smile, man. And uh, finally, I, I loosened up a little bit. But uh, I said, man, I thought soldiers didn't think I'd ever smile again. But listen, I, but the thing is, they, they did their job. What was it? Why, why did the army give me that drill sergeant to break me down and to build me back up? And that's why God gives evangelists and pastors and people to minister the word of God so that he can, he can break you down from uh, what you uh, were when you showed up at church the first time, amen, and get those things out of your life and build you back up to be the soldier of the cross that he'd have you to be. As a part of a local assembly, it's assembly, it is your responsibility to make sure you're moving toward the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That is the goal. Look at verse 13. So we see there in verse 12, why did he give it to us? He wants to perfect you. He wants to make those changes in your life. He wants to use you for the work of the ministry, right? He wants you to be active in what he wants to do in this world. And then he, uh, uh, to, to, to edify, to build uh, you up, amen, to get the things out of your life that don't need to be there and build up and make you strong spiritually, to think different, amen, to talk different, to, to act and react different, and all those things he's building up and tearing down in your life. And then verse 13 says, why? Till we all come into the unity of the faith. So here's what he's doing. He, he's working on me. He's working on you and you and you, right? And then he's working on us individually, but he's put us together. Why? Because he we're, we're the church and he wants the church to have unity, right? And so uh, we all came together and we, 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 we probably thought uh, about things different and we reacted differently and we had ideas different, but God said, no, I need unity in the church. So our job is to, amen, all, if we all just surrender to him, then we'll have one mind. If we're all surrender to him, we'll have uh, one heart, right? We'll all be on the same page spiritually as, uh, as we get the mind of Christ and the, the heart of Christ and surrender to the will of Christ. That will bring unity. And that's what he wants in the church to become into the what? The unity of the faith. See, we're yielding to the same spirit. We're yielding to the same mind. We're yielding to the same word, right? And so as that comes, uh, as that happens, then that uh, brings us into unity. And then it says, and the knowledge of the Son of God. Unity means what? It means oneness, right? We read in Acts, they were in one accord. They were in, had oneness of, of mind because they all yielded to the mind of Christ and they were all yielded by the same <laughs> spirit of God. And that's what we want. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that, you know, the whole time I've been here for, <laughs> as far as, I know, for the most part, we've, you know, we, we've had that, amen, and been able to move forward together. And that's a, that's a wonderful thing. I'm very thankful for that. Don't take it lightly. But it says, notice this, the knowledge of the Son of God. I like the thought of this word knowledge. It means information, right? Information which powerfully influence one's Christian walk. That's the kind of knowledge we need, right? 
That's what that's the purpose of having sound doctrine. That's the uh, purpose of understanding the precepts and principles of the word of God, because this knowledge, as we get this knowledge from the word of God, right? And God works it in us by the spirit of God. Well, as we yield to that, that information as we learn it, should have a powerful influence in our life. That's what changes us. As this knowledge comes into our life, as, as we hear what the evangelist says, as we hear what the pastor says, as we listen to what the teachers say, amen, and uh, we hear that, and the Spirit of God takes that, that should have a powerful influence in our Christian walk. That's what, that's what changed me. And I'd, I'd go to church and man, I, I'd hear my pastor say something and this is what I'd say. I'd say, oh, is that what I'm supposed to do? <laughs> is that what I'm supposed to do? That's exactly that's how I've uh, thought uh, hopefully my whole Christian life. But that's why I think I, I changed so quick, man. I went to, I went to church and, you know, and, and I'd see them around there like, hey, you'll never catch me in a suit. You know, I thought, not that that's the big thing, but you know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, not, what? Nah, that's not me. That, you know, that's how I start out. Nah, well, hey, that's fine for you. But, you know, boy, about a, about a year later, I'm like, man, I'm starting to look like these people. I'm starting to act like these people. Well, it's not that I was starting to look like them and act like them, but what happened? <laughs> I was hearing that word of God. And you know what? I was starting to, because we wanted to think like Christ, they had the mind of Christ. Now I was getting the mind of Christ right? Uh, they had a desire to do the will of God. Now I had a desire to do the will. And next thing you know, uh, I was thinking like them and talking like them and uh, 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 acting like, and all those things. And man, all these things began to uh, change in my life. You know, a pastor, oh, you need to show up to church every time. Lord. Okay. Oh, that's what I'm going to do. Oh, you need to, you need to go so on. Okay. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, you need to start tithing. Oh, okay, that's what I'm going to do. Oh, you need to start giving to missions. That's Man, if I heard somebody say something against what my, my, uh, my preacher said, oh, my goodness. Oh, thank the Lord I've calmed down, man. I tell you what, uh, uh, I, I, I was out talking to a, a chaplain one time, right into a chaplain one time out soul winning. And he told me he was a Baptist. I didn't know there was a difference in Baptist. I thought... I said, amen, brother. Now, uh, th this is a joke for Brother Wood. You know, back then, you know, uh, uh, you know, Brother Alverson got the sword of the Lord, and I, you know, I was reading those, and I said, I said, man, you like reading the sword of the Lord? And uh, uh, John R. Rice, you know, I said, unless he's like, oh, wh wh what's that? I said, I looked at him, right? I looked at this chapel, and I said, aren't you glad the King James Bible is the word of God, amen? He goes, he goes, what? He said, you need to come to my office. True story. But he didn't know what he was getting into. Right. I just said that because my preacher said that I didn't understand the, the King James issue. Then I, I now I believe it myself. But, you know, that's just what my preacher said. My preacher said the King James Bible is the word of God. Then amen. King James Bible is the word of God. That's what my preacher said. He goes to me in his office and he gets, I think, got an ASV and he got some Greek this and Greek that. And he said, he says, young man, he said, this right here is closer to the original than that King James years. Man, I got mad. It's a good thing he didn't know what rank I was. I was in civilian clothes. And this is a true story. I, I got in his face. And I said, let me tell you something. I said, I don't understand all that. All I know is the King James Bible is the word of God, and that's it. And I walked out of his office. <laughs> and I don't even know if I, if I was that calm. I remember the, the, uh, the uh, community chaplain, who was a lieutenant colonel, called me in his office one time. And he, he, was, a, he was a Catholic, and he always had a cigar in his mouth. And uh, he caught me. I was standing on the street, and I was handing out, I think, uh, 
chick tracks, right? Which Catholics don't like chick tracks because a lot of them are anti-Catholic. But I wouldn't hand out the anti-Catholic. So he called me in his office. And uh, he, he said something to me. And I, <laughs> oh, but I'd have no sense back then. I was reading the cross. His office, he about swallowed his cigar. And I said, sir, I said, listen, when you stand before God, I got right in his face. I said, when you stand before God, he's not going to ask you if you were the Catholic. He's not going to ask you if you're the Baptist. He's just going to know if you're washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that's going to matter. Amen. <laughs> he about swallowed his cigar. I, I got out of his office quick, quick too. But, amen. Uh, but, you know, I've calmed down a little bit since then. Thank the Lord. But all I know is uh, that knowledge that I was getting was having a powerful effect on my life. Amen. And obviously, through the years, it's had a powerful effect in your life. And so that knowledge, what a wonderful thing. Aren't you glad that you've received that knowledge of the Son of God? And as you learn more about Him and how wonderful He is and how He's altogether lovely, amen, and how He doeth all things well and that He saved you and what He wants to do in your life, and the, that knowledge has had a powerful influence on your walk with Christ, God, and that is a wonderful Thing. Notice what else it says right here. And the knowledge of the Son of God, there it is, unto a perfect man, right? That's what he wants us to be. That means to reach its end, to finish. God has a goal in your life. And notice what it says next, unto the measure of the stature. The measure of the stature. That means you're going, he wants you to become a full aged believer. He wants you to become that mature Christian. And just like Paul talks about, right? You shouldn't be babes. Why are you still uh, acting like babes? Why haven't you gone on unto perfection? It says, and notice how that uh, verse ends, unto what? Uh, the fullness of Christ. That means reach one's intended end. God's goal for us is that, that, the, that we would measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Amen. He wants you to be, God wants you to be like his uh, beloved son, like his beloved son. In these uh, verses, what a wonderful thing this is. But also in Acts chapter 20, Paul recapped in his parting words to the Ephesian elders, right? He was talking to them the, the, to help him become Christians who are growing in Christ's likeness. And what did he tell those elders is uh, what they were supposed to pass on to the people? He said to them in Acts 20, 27, Paul said this. He said, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. He says, hey, you pastors, evangelists, teachers, amen. Uh, 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 don't get on some hobby horse. Make sure that you take them through the word of God. That's why it's good to go through uh, uh, books of the Bible. I mean, topical uh, preaching is good and all those things. But amen, we want to make sure that we understand the complete word of God. That's why even in uh, uh, this uh, church age, it's, uh, we need to understand the Old Testament because you can't completely understand uh, even the New Testament unless you know uh, 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 the background and from the Old Testament. I know when you first uh, uh, get saved and you're reading all that and you get bogged down in chronicles and all those things. But boy, once you get a, a grasp, an overall picture of the, of the whole Word of God, boy, you just see that, amen, it doesn't matter where you open this book. Hey, 
It's a Jesus book. Jesus didn't suddenly show up in, uh, in Matthew or in Luke. Amen. This is a Jesus book. In the beginning, God created. God said, boom, Jesus showed up right there. Right. This is a Jesus book. He is all through this book. You go through every every book of this book. And what are you going to go? You're going to go Jesus, 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 Jesus. It's a Jesus book from beginning to end. And that's why, amen, to get that knowledge that you need, that full knowledge that's going to make you the full Christian you ought to be, that's going to make us the full church we ought to be, that make us have that desire to fulfill uh, uh, the things of God. We need the whole complete Word of God. We should not shun the counsel of God. Strong churches are made up of strong Christians who are strong believers, amen, in the Word of God, who are strong in the Lord because of their obedience to their Word as they hear it. Like I said, boy, my pastor say something, I would just say, I, I didn't even question. I just said, oh, is that what I'm supposed to do? And we should have that mentality. I remember uh, uh, Brother uh, Falkenberg, how many times he came forward in the church and he would just say, he'd just say, oh, whatever the Lord wants, whatever the Lord wants, whatever the Lord wants. Amen. That is what the attitude we need to have. So we don't need to shun to take any of the word of God. We don't need to back away from any of it. And then he said to them in verse 28 of Acts 20, he said, Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock of God, of which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseas. That's important. Hey, pastor, you're going to preach it to them. Well, you better take heed to yourself, too. Hey, uh, we need to know that as, as Sunday school teachers, right? Hey, you're going to teach that to uh, the adults, so you're going to teach that to the kids. Well, you better take heed to yourself. A matter of fact, he told Timothy... He told Timothy this in Timothy 4, 16. He said, Timothy, take heed unto that. Just like uh, uh, Paul told the uh, preachers there in Acts 20, he told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. You see, he put them both in there. Hey, you know, preacher, not, yeah, I'm glad you're paying attention to the doctrine, but you better take heed to yourself too. And it says, continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. So I, uh, whoever's doing the preaching or teaching, they need to realize as much as it's for anybody else, it's for the teacher or preacher as well. That word heed means to fix the mind on, to pay attention to. Listen, as we serve God, hey, if we're the preacher, if we're the teacher, or we're just a servant of God, you know what? We need to have our mind fixed on ourselves. Not, amen. That means pay attention to what's going on in our life. Hey, we're, we're preaching it and teaching it, but hey, are we living it? Are we setting the example of it? Pay attention. If I'm supposed to pay attention to doctrine, well, I'm supposed to pay attention to how I'm allowing that doctrine to impact my life, how I'm allowing that word to impact my life, how I'm allowing it to influence my life. You see, to yourself, he said, that means be conscious about what is going on in your life spiritually. We should have a conscious awareness of our own spiritual condition. And whatever it is, even if we think it's good, we should never be satisfied with it, right? We should never be satisfied with our spiritual condition. 
I mean, uh, hey, I might uh, be, the, be the pastor in this case, or I might be 35 years, but how many times I still would say, woe is me. Oh, God, uh, help me to continue to grow. And then it says, pay attention to doctrine. You see, pay attention to right teaching. That's what doctrine is, right? Sound teaching. Pay attention to right teaching. Because right teaching is what guides you into right living. Guide teaching, right teaching guides you into right living, which helps you, right? Right teaching helps me and it helps those I minister to or that you minister to as you teach or as you witness to others. And then it goes uh, uh, on to see, take heed and what? Feed on God's word daily, daily. Daily feed the church of God, it says in Acts 20, 28b, which he hath purchased with his own blood. That is our job. Feed on the word of God. Feed. The Bible is our food. But many of God's children goes days without feeding on it. If we are going to be Christ like, well, we must feed on the word of God daily. Well, here's a question. Somebody tell me where are you read in the word of God this week? Somebody tell me what you read in the word of God this week. David. Revelation, Isaiah. Revelation, Isaiah. Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Yes, I know. You sent me, and Ezra, I know, and you sent me 2.12, right? Brother Tom? Romans. Romans. John. First or second? Joshua. Joshua. Daniel. Daniel. Somebody. James. Judges and Proverbs. Judges and Proverbs. Ezekiel, boy, you had to take the tough one, didn't you, huh? So Ezekiel, amen. Why didn't you text that to Benjamin? I'm just joking, right? Yes, Benjamin. Psalms, amen. All right, anybody else? Right, Ari. Psalm also. Sister Pam. Malachi and Matthew, yes. Genesis and Proverbs, right? And I'm, I know you others read, but what a, what a wonderful thing that is just to be, you know, it didn't have to have it. People go around, I'm reading here, I'm reading. That's a wonderful thing. You're feeding on the Word. You're getting that knowledge, amen, and saying, as you read it, God, open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Lord, let this Word that I'm reading today have a powerful influence on my life and conform me, amen, that I might uh, uh, go unto the measure, the stature of the fullness of Christ. You see, of course, it's, 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 it's the, the, the pastors and evangelists and teachers' job uh, to feed you, but still, listen, you're going to be anemic if you don't learn to feed yourself. It'd be like saying, the only time I eat is when I go to a restaurant. Well, you better have a lot of money, right? No, you got not only, hey, if you get to eat at a restaurant, fine, but hey, hopefully you're eating at home too. Hopefully there's some food at the house uh, that you're eating as well. And the same thing with the Word of God. And then it's uh, uh, Acts 20. The last verse in Acts 20 is verse 32, which says this. And now, brethren, I commend you to God, Paul said, and to the word of his grace. Notice that. I commend you to God and to his word, because it's that word, amen, that helps you with God. I commend you to God. Well, you could say it like this. I commend you to the God of the word and the word of God and the word of his grace. Here it is 
Why? Because it's that word, verse 32, which is able to build you up. You said, hey, I want to perfect you. I want to build you up. Amen. I want you to have oneness of mind. How's he doing that? Through the word. That's what's breaking us down and building us up and making us what we ought to be individually and collectively to what? To give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. That word command means entrusted. He said, I entrust you to God. And of course, these were like his spiritual children. He says, spiritual children, I entrust you to God. Boy, that's a, that's a great thing to do with your own children. Amen. Hey, listen, you better entrust your children to God. You better entrust your grandchildren to God. Amen. I try to do that on a, on a, a, a daily uh, basis. And trust. Paul commended them to God and his word. But again, we must also ourselves uh, commend the things in our life to God. And so Paul said in verse 32, I commend you. People who are growing in the Lord, who are having Christ formed in them, are people who are commending all to God. Amen. I've entrusted everything to him. I'm trusting him with everything. The measure of the church, again, is in its likeness to Christ. Let me finish here with a couple other verses that I wrote down here. Galatians 4.19. Paul said, "My think, look at Paul's heart here. My little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. What a wonderful thought this is. He said, of whom I travail in birth again. In birth again until Christ be formed in you. Paul did not win people to the Lord and then forget about them. Right? And just run and sort of just to run them through the mill like many churches do. Paul, he had a burden to get them to Jesus and then he had a burden to make them like Jesus. And that should be our goal. We want to win people to Christ, but then we also want to have a part in making them like Christ. Example, uh, Zach made a profession a few months ago, and what we, we've already uh, 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 done some discipleship uh, with him outside of that. That's an important thing. Uh, listen, uh, I haven't done it as much here, but when I, when I pastored in Germany, I had a discipleship uh, course that I, a lot of times I carried it with me when I knocked on doors. And I'd knock on people's doors and said, hey, uh, um, I, I got an eight-week uh, discipleship course here. I'd like to take you through it. You know, hey, you don't have to come to church. I'll come to you. And you know what? I can say this with a pure heart. Some people started and didn't finish, okay? But I can honestly say everyone that led me into their home and allowed me to take them through that eight-week, those eight lessons ended up becoming a member of my church. Some people got right with God during that time. Some people got saved during that time, right? <coughs> because, but the, the, let me say this. Not, because not only just because I got them around the Word of God, but it was while sitting around the Word of God that I built a relationship with them, that I was able to connect with them. And so, right? And so, remember this, preaching to them will change their heart, but spending time with them will win their heart. And it takes both in the ministry. You got to change their heart by giving them the word, and then you got to, amen, win their heart by giving them time uh, in attention. That's what, what Paul did. Everybody knows he was long preaching, but he also spent a long time with them too in that same chapter. So he changed their heart and he won their heart. And that's what we need to do with people. We need to be willing to, hey, well, we always say, well, I got to give them the gospel to change their heart. But you know what? You also got to take some time to win their heart as well. And that's what Paul did. 
He had a burden again, not only to get them to Jesus, but make them like Jesus. That word formed, he said, until Christ be formed in you. And that word means shaped in the image of. He said, I'm not giving up on you until I start seeing Jesus in your life. Until I start seeing Jesus in your life. That was his desire. Colossians 1.24 says this, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh. Why? For his body's sake. So whether it was for an individual or whether it was for the whole church, right? Paul was willing to pay the price to make it like Jesus for the body's sake. You see, whatever it took to help the church. And then Colossians 1.25 says this, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God. Now notice what it says here. The dispensation of God, which is given to me. He said, God gave me this dispensation of God. But why did he give it to him? Next two words, for you. He said, God gave me this, but he gave it to me for you. Remember, if God gives you something, he gives it to you to pass on to somebody else. Amen. He doesn't give it to you just to hold in. Whatever God gives to you, he's given it to go through you. He gives it to you so that I can go through you and you can use it to minister to somebody else. To get, he given to me for you. Why? To fulfill the word of God. So let's go back to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16. Notice what it says here talking about the church. From whom, well, even Christ, so the end of verse 15 even Christ, from whom, talking about Jesus, the whole body fitly joined together. That's what we want to be. We want to be in unity and we want to be fitly joined together and compacted by what? By that which every joint supplieth. Now, that's interesting because when he started off here, what did he say? He said, I gave you apostles, I gave you prophets, I gave you evangelists, I gave you pastors, I gave you teachers. So for what? I gave you all these things for the perfecting. I gave you these things for the edifying. I gave you these things, right, uh, 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 for the work of the ministry. But not only did I give you right? The, the, the apostles for that. Not only did I give you uh, the pastors for that, but you know what? That's why I gave you one another. <laughs> That's why I gave you one another. Notice what that says, which every joint supplieth. So not, amen. So of course the, the, the pastors and the leaders, if you will, in the church, they have a responsibility to pass something on, but we need to realize God not only gave you the, the leaders in the church to pass things on, Amen. He gave you to pass some things on to one another in the church. So that's a think about which every joint supplies. So that's not only the the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists and the pastors and teachers. That's you and you and you and you. You all have something to give to the church. You all have something to give through the church, which every joint supplies. So what does that mean? There's nobody in the body, <laughs> that's not important. <laughs> Everybody is important in the church. Everybody is important in the body of Christ. Now he gave, he gave the, the quote unquote leaders, if you will, but it's really not about the leaders, right? Uh, 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 I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not important, amen. The only person important in the church is Jesus. 
So it's not about me. It's not about anybody else in the church except Jesus. So, hey, whatever he gave to the church, he gave, amen, so that uh, to, 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 to help you. And then he gave us one another to help one another, which every joint supplies. So we've all got something to give. Don't think, oh, well, the pastor, oh, well, the Sunday school teacher. Oh, no, no. You are important to the church. You have something to pass on, amen, to the church. You have something, amen, that God wants to use in the church, that God wants to use uh, through the church. So don't ever let the devil slip that lie uh, in your heart that there's, there's no levels of saints. There might be different positions within the church, but listen, we're all equal in the body of Christ, right? And of course, there's that teaching in uh, uh, Corinthians, amen? So the, so the sooner, amen, uh, I'm nothing, you're nothing. Just want to encourage you with that word right there, amen. Jesus is everything, amen. So let's keep the focus where it ought to be on him and just seek, amen, just thank God we have the privilege of, of being like him and have the privilege, amen, of being a blessing uh, to one another. Let's pray.